2: presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
3: Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. So I was out for a run the other day, a beautiful day. Like Ferris Bueller, I had a very difficult time handling work on a day like it was because it was the first 70-degree day here in Connecticut. Beautiful run. I am enjoying it. And as I've said on prior podcasts, I have a whole list of topics for shows, and then I do the shows based on your questions. And then I will do them based on things I have read in the media that have driven me crazy. And I'll talk about them as soon as possible. And then sometimes I just get inspired. And sometimes I'm inspired and then I go to the list and it's on the list. And that's the time that I do that show. And then sometimes I just get new ideas. And as I was running and I just had my 52nd birthday, I said, this is the time for a show on how I've changed my workouts based on. My age. And I can't tell you how bizarre it is to say that I'm 52. And I know that many of you who listen when I speak like this in podcasts, you say, Tom, you you email me and you say, listen, I'm 62, I'm 72, I'm 82. Stop saying you're old. I'm not saying I'm old. I'm just saying I can't believe I'm 52. I feel 22. And that goes into what I'm going to talk about today. Nine ways my workouts have changed since turning 50. And again, that was two years ago. And I have contributed to the media, to articles, doing TV appearances, fitness segments for many, many years on just every topic from, you know, cardio to strength training to motivation. And one of the hardest ones to do is this topic, how you should modify your workouts as you get older. I'm going to say it here. I'm going to close the show with it as well. Age is truly a number. So that is one of the hardest articles to contribute to because as I have said before, true experts and from Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, Wendy Erlbeck, when you ask someone who really knows their stuff, their area of expertise, a question they'll say, it depends. And when how uh, you have that discussion about how to modify your workouts when you turn 50, it depends. And so I always cringe when the, the topic is going to be, you know, exercises you should never do or workouts you should never do or events you should never do. It doesn't apply. And, I, and I'll tell you why shortly. And it really comes down to two things. Genetics plays a role, obviously, in what we can do as we get older, but it's a small percentage. I hate to tell you that, and I know that many people, many fitness people, doctors, try to make everyone feel better by saying, it's not your fault, it's genetics. Sure, that plays a part, of course it does. But it doesn't mean you can't achieve incredible things with your health and wellness. It is not a death sentence, as I say, it at its most extreme. You can turn on and off certain bad genetic traits. Science is really strong in that. And secondly, what's really important is what you have done up until that age. So in other words, if you have been smart and you have exercised intelligently, For many years, when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, you can do things that other people can't or can't do right away. That's what you've earned. And so that's why I always stress it's about those years, right? That's hopefully why we exercise in our 30s, 40s. In your 20s, you don't care. And that's part of, you know, What I will talk about, one of the nine points is connected to that, it's human condition. Unfortunately, far too many people start exercising not because they want to, because they have to in rehab. But when we are talking about what you can do when you are quote unquote older, so much of that has to do with your current fitness level based on what you have done up until that point. Now, that being said, I don't want you to think, Well, Tom, I've done just about nothing, and I'm listening to your show, and I'm 60 or 70 or 50 or 40, and you're in trouble. No, you're absolutely not. I've done the shows, and I will do them again, about how it is never too late to start. And they have done studies on people in their 80s and 90s who benefit incredibly from exercise, from a strength training program. Really quickly too, by the way. So it's never too late. But, that being said, if you're someone in their 20s or 30s who are listening to this show, be smart. Be smart now. And be consistent. And try not to do ridiculous workouts that are going to hurt you. Because that's a big problem when, potentially will be a big problem when you are 52, 62. Let me finish, <laughs> before I get into the points, with that. You know, if you look back at what I wrote 10 years, 20 years ago, what I was doing 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, it's exactly what I'm doing today. I'm going to talk about how I modify it. That's today's show. But in other words, I have never done the crazy fad workouts. I have always done The basics. I have always stuck to progression. It's not to say I haven't made mistakes along the way, but I've let my ego go. It never mattered to me. And I was too cautious, never wanted to get hurt, really hurt, especially. And the more I studied, the more I learned what could potentially hurt me. And that's part of the problem, a big part of the problem with many of the routines out there pushed by people who don't know what they're doing who are competing with other people to get clicks and likes and followers. And so I can't tell you how entertaining it is to me to open up Instagram and say, what is is this person doing? They've got a band and a Bosu and a kettlebell and a weight vest and a plyo box, and they're balancing on a dumbbell. Sure, it looks cool, and I'm all for pushing yourself and challenging yourself, but once you really hurt yourself, That's a problem. And again, I know many of you have really hurt yourself. My point is, let's try not to make those mistakes. All right. I'm amped up. Feeling good. Went for a nine-mile run right before this show. This is all connected. All right. Quick break, and we will be right back.
1: right rug flooring
3: All right, nine ways my workouts have changed since turning 50 and again that was 2 years ago. First, let me go through nine points. We're just going to rattle these off. You guys, the, sh- the attention spans get shorter and shorter I get it. Although when I do my fit tips, people say they want them to be long. <laughs> I'll give you both. You'll get both. All right, number 1. I care much less about the numbers. What do I mean by that? Well, You can guess, probably, right? I don't really care how fast I go if I'm running, biking. I don't really care how far. I don't care as much about how many reps. I don't care as much about how much I lift. And if I am competing, I don't care as much about what place I'm in. But let me qualify that. If you are someone and I still compete, obviously, and if I'm truly racing, let me say, of course, I care what place if I'm if I'm racing, but it's to my age group. You know, back in the day, there were the days where it was to win certain races when I could poach a trophy, as I call it. At 52, that's really hard. Got to find a very small race in a very faraway town, and even then, as those of you who race know, there's always that guy or that woman who shows up out of the blue. They traveled 400 miles. And they're fast. (laughs) So, yes, if you are going to compare yourself against others as you get older past 50, do it primarily by age group. And even then, it's difficult, as those who race know. Really fast 50-year-olds. Really fast 60-year-olds. But I care much less about the numbers, the metrics. I use them, but I use them in totally different ways. I'm slower. That's fine. Of course I am. So you have to let that go. You still use the numbers. And the problem is also that we are living in times when we can track everything in the most, you know, minute detail. That's a good and a bad thing. So instead, what do I focus on? How frequently I exercise. I get those workouts in. That's what matters the most. That's right up top now. It's not how fast I'm running a mile. It's not how far I'm going. It's not how much I'm, uh, I'm lifting. I, to be honest, as I always am, whenever I say to be honest, my brother Joe, first kid, first brother went to Harvard. You know, he always goes, All right, why do you say that? Does that mean you're lying if you don't say that? <laughs> Harvard. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh. About how much I lift. I don't care. I don't care to to max bench. Now for those of you who do. that's that, Listen that's your thing. But as we get older. You got to be more cautious. Now I got friends who power lift. At 50, 60, 70. Do things like that. That's fine. But there is a cost benefit. And if you're willing to pay that price. That's your choice. I still run far. I still do. You know at. 51, I ran across the Grand Canyon back, you know, 50 some odd miles. But I didn't care about the numbers. You go, that's crazy. Yes and no. I knew I could do it. Most of you could do it. You go, that's not even, yes, you could. It's a matter of fueling. And again, training. I didn't really train hard for that because I didn't want to get hurt. And I was going on years of base training but you let those numbers go. And you're aware of the cost benefit if you are pushing it and doing things like powerlifting. But I don't care. And when someone says, you know, how many push-ups can you do? My line usually is one more than you. <laughs> I used that on TV once. Anchor said, how many push-ups can you do? I said, just one more than you. You go first. Um, so instead, yes, how frequently? And secondly, how many different types of exercise? That's where I take the most pride that I'm doing multiple sessions generally throughout the day. I'll talk about that shortly. And that there's variation. How many times am I going to bring up variation all the time? And it goes through the five components of fitness. As we get older, we need to focus on those more stretching, cardio, strength flexibility with that stretching and body composition, okay? So that's what I focus on. I don't care how far, how fast, how much, how many. It's how frequently and how many different types. Number two, I focus more on movement and just play, like recreation, than exercise. I believe exercise as a term will and has to change because it has a negative connotation. Now, exercise, generally speaking has been going to the gym and then exercise. If you don't go to the gym is going down into your home gym and doing strength training. It's all good, but it matters not. If you go to the gym five days a week for an hour, each time, if you don't take care of yourself, once you leave, if you don't eat well, if you don't sleep well, if you don't hydrate, if you don't move, if you just sit all day long. If you have a high stress level, So I care more about moving all day long and doing the little things that aren't little. I'm standing as I do this show. Standing desks. As I talked about in so many podcasts, the little things like I get dressed standing up have done it forever. I don't sit down. So that's working balance into my day. So all throughout the day, I am trying to move as much as possible And basically, strength train in a functional way, in a fun way, in a non-quote-unquote exercise way. And then, yes, and this has been a challenge for me, more recreational sports. Tennis, pickleball is coming up that just make me feel old. Fun things that are, again, movement. Not just going to the gym and not just training for an event, which was one thing I did and still do, but the focus is off that. It's fun, it's movement, it's social, oftentimes, and that is really important as we age, by the way. All right, number three. And I've already alluded to this, but i got to bring it up again. I have to have it as its separate point. frequency. So I talked about this in number one, where it was much less about the numbers, but I have to break that down even more. So when we focus on frequency, that means the micro workouts, okay? The short workouts done throughout the day. And yes, I think that is so important that that was the title and is the title of my most recent book, The Micro Workout Plan. And that's not just to, yes, tell you about a book I wrote, But to tell you, this is part of my secret to success is that I've been doing five minute core routines my entire life. I've been doing, you know, a couple minutes of push-ups my entire life. In addition to all the other stuff. But that's what has kept me injury free. And that's what is so important as we age. And that leads to more variation. So in other words. When you are doing four or five micro workouts throughout the day, you're probably not going to do the same thing, nor should you, right? In other words, I'm not going to do five core routines throughout the day, but I am going to do five minutes of stretching, five minutes of core, five minutes of some upper body, and not continuous. Not necessarily continuous. You can if you want, if you have the time. But that's why frequency, 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 is most important. You know, if someone said, hey, how many times a week did you, uh, you know, work out this week? You go, I did 50. Right? That's more impressive when it's shorter done throughout the day than going to the gym five days a week for an hour. And truthfully, having spent the vast majority of my life in a gym, working, owning, even those people who go to the gym five days a week for an hour, for that hour, especially now, thanks to cell phones, How much work is actually getting done? So frequency, frequency, frequency. I'm going to hammer that home. Because it ties into variation. It ties into the shorter workouts done throughout the day. And it ties into doing a little bit a lot. Rather than a lot a little bit. And that variation is what leads to true health and wellness. And just like frequency was part of number one, so is number four. Shorter workouts have to break this one down. Because it needs to be clarified because it's that important. And it even goes to a question I received from a listener the other day. She said that she was training. She's uh, training for, I believe it was a marathon. And she said, do I have to do an eight-mile run as straight eight miles or can I break it up? And my response was, you want to do both. So some days you want to run eight, and some days, yes, you can and should break it up. Yesterday, I ran three miles in the morning with my dad, who is in his 70s, and I ran four miles in the evening. And that worked great for me. And my dad felt bad. I don't know if bad's the right word, but he said, you know, I'm going to run three miles you can continue to run after. I said, this is great. And he's running a decent pace, and this allowed me to change my pace. In other words, to have a really low aerobic workout, which are important. I've talked about that. And then in the evening, I went out and did four more, but, you know, slightly faster. But the shorter workouts, you know, I've said the term just and only have to go away when it comes to exercise part of my goal (laughs) for the next you know 50 years can't say i only did 20 minutes or i just walked a mile those are the people who are the healthiest not the bodybuilder at the gym twice a day for two hours and i have the Utmost respect for bodybuilders. I did it myself for a short amount of time. The dedication, the diet, unparalleled. We're talking about health and wellness and longevity. And I'm going to stick to the science. So, you know, talk about fitness, health and wellness. It's about aggregating movement throughout the day. So, yes, one big difference I am doing now with the shorter workouts, and this has been difficult for me mentally as well, because when I was doing, you know, uh, Ironman's much, you know, several a year and ultra marathons, when I was younger, I was doing a lot more with a a lot higher, uh, you know, uh, goals, loftier goals, time goals. Now I'm like, okay, 30 minute run. 30-minute run with my dad. These are good things. These are ways we need to modify. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't just go out and run nine miles myself. But I adhered to everything I talked about in the first point. I didn't care how fast. I actually didn't care how far. And that will come up in a second. I just went. And I just enjoyed it. And here's one of the most important things I would argue about this show. goes to that enjoyment. I enjoyed the fact that I was healthy enough to go out and run for as long as I wanted to. And that's what it comes down to. And I know many of you can't do that. And I want you to be able to do that if you want to. And I'm telling you right now, you can. And I don't care if you're 50, 60 with issues. That's what I spent the better part of my younger years doing is helping people who were like me when I was a kid with shin splints, couldn't run at all because I did too much too soon, thanks to coaches and, you know, sitting around all summer and then going to hell week in football, football, soccer, sitting on the bench in excruciating pain for years. So to think that, you know, years later I can do what I do now is incredible and it's a lesson. And no, you're not different. In other words, you, you can have the same results. All right. Number five, really important. <laughs> and this, uh, this is what I was thinking about during that run when I was coming up with this concept. You need, we need to pay attention to the little things because there are no little things after age 50. What do I mean by that? Everything we are told to do that I tell you to do, when you're 20, you can get away without doing it. When you're 50 and you want to exercise and you want to recover and you want to be able to get up the next morning and not feel like you got hit by a truck or get hurt, the extreme, you got to do the little things. What are those? Hydration. I used to be able to go out for hours without any food, fuel, or water. Stupid. Uh, Yes, we could talk about the training effect you know, for people learning to adapt and and go on less fuel. That's not what I'm talking about here, though. That nine-mile run I did in the 70-degree heat as well, same nine miles. I had my race vest on that I bought for the Grand Canyon run. I had water. And I drank it every mile. And I could have not and probably not felt horrible after, but I want to be able to get up the next day and feel good. So hydration, and that goes for water, that goes for electrolytes. If you're a sweater, if you are exercising nine miles, longer workouts, losing electrolytes, you got to take in your sports drink. Post-workout refueling, food becomes that much more important if you want to continue to do and feel good. Do your workouts and your activities of daily living and your recreational sports. Fueling becomes that much more important. Sleep. Yeah, when you're 20, you can go for two days. No sleep. You're fine. Stretching. You don't have to do a lot. You don't do a lot of any of this. But you need to do a little of all of it. The excessive moderation I talk about is exactly this. Excessive moderation. You know, one of my you know incredible success stories as a coach was a guy who came to me, had never done a triathlon before, but he was single, still is, I believe. Uh, he wasn't young, and he became an Ironman, you know, uh, Hawaii Ironman qualifier, one of the best in the in the country, if not the world, at his age. And one of the main reasons, and by the way, not incredibly genetically gifted, tested it. He did all the little things, all the little things, all the time. You know, I know I talk about that, the excessive moderation. Frequently, but that's because when you do the little things frequently, really good things happen. And if you don't do the little things frequently after age 50, good things don't happen. And bad things generally will happen. So all of those things that you think aren't that important, dehydration, being dehydrated, less sleep, too much alcohol. I still have my wine. Just less of it. Just less of it. All right. Let's take one more quick break. What are we on here? When we come back, we've got uh, four more, four more adaptations I have made to my exercise routine after age 50. And I'm telling you, from those of you who are listening, who have been exercising your entire life, maybe aren't getting the results you want right now, got to listen to this. And, and for many of you, it's, it's shifting that mindset. I get it. Many of you are going, I can't run for just 30 minutes. Take that word just out. And for those of you who are listening and saying, well, I haven't done much at all, but I want to now. Then you have to apply these things, too. And I promise you, if you do, when you do, really good things happen. Final break. We'll be right back.
1: right rug flooring.
3: All right, talking about nine ways my workouts have changed since turning 52. (laughs) We got four more. And this one might sound somewhat contradictory. Gotta be less structured. So what do we talk about? What do I talk about? What have I talked about for years that you have to have a plan, you got to follow a plan, you need, you know, short term goals, long term goals, all important. But especially for those of you who, like me, have done this for a while, the opposite is true. And see this, see the theme that's kind of coming out here? Is that for those of us, for those of you who have done, you know, a fair amount of exercising over the years, we need to change shorter workouts, less structured. Less structured. And so back to my nine-mile run. I went out to go... Six miles, which is pretty, you know, that's on the longer side for me today, unless I'm doing something, training for something. And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But, well, I'll get ahead of myself. I'll throw it out there. Got to listen to your body. Okay? Sounds contradictory. So, the less structure, I'm going to leave it there because it's one of my final points. (laughs) But it's all connected. That's why. And that's why when you read all of these articles that just pull one part out of a study or a concept, it's all connected. It's all connected. And that's why when I'm writing my show notes, I often, you know, have an issue because everything's connected. So I have to figure out what what goes where. And as you saw, you know, my first point was pulled out into two more because of those connections that people who haven't done it don't understand it. And people who just sit in the ivory tower and study it, don't understand it. It's a snowball effect. It's systems theory. It's not linear. Okay? So, less structured. Especially for those of you who have been structured for so long. And for those of you who, you know, especially, you know, the type A's. Especially those in business. They used to train CEOs, celebrities, politicians. Doing more in exercise after age 50 leads to diminished results, decreased results. More is not better. More is not better. So, when it comes to structure, the structure is the frequency, as I talked about. And the structure is being unstructured. So, you may say, I'm going to go out for a run tomorrow. Or I'm going to go to the, you know, let's say run. And then. Mentally, maybe you say, when you wake up, you go, "Mm, I don't really feel like that. Still do something, but you have flexibility. It's about doing something, not just sticking to a rigid plan that when you're sore and maybe you should switch it up and maybe go for a swim or do yoga, but you go, no, 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 my plan said, I wrote it out. And even if you're training for something. Maybe a half marathon, something like that, an event, who knows? You need that flexibility. And take pride when you make that switch. You go, "You know, I was going to do workout A that was pretty intense, maybe a you know indoor bike hard bike uh, workout." And you go, "But I felt I needed something different, and you did a swim or yoga or something like that." So less structured. And that goes for different routes too, different routes. If you're a biker, a walker, I keep saying running, just input, walking for, for most of it. Got to be less structured. If you have that same four mile walk that you've done for years and you're suddenly not into it anymore, be less structured. Just go out. As I said, in number one, just go out the door. Don't care how long you go, how far you go, what route you go, just go. Just go. You can't be rigid. Have to be flexible. All right. We got that one. Number seven. And I've talked about this. It is so important. My strength workouts, they're primarily prehab. They are to keep me from getting injured. They are to bulletproof my body. At 52, the bicep curls are almost gone. (laughs) The chest workouts, I'm down 20 pounds. One, you know, one reason out of, several is that the push-ups that i've done for so long i i I needed to lose muscle i was carrying around you know i'm on the shorter side by the way that's disturbing i see google searches (laughs) now there's tom holland the actor uh and then there's me uh, but you can see what people are looking for and height always comes up uh you know and it'll say tom holland Bow flex height, usually. <laughs> so I know that. Uh, I'm on the shorter side. I'll leave it at that. So my point is, my strength workouts are now, I, I'm letting the vanity go. But you still will look better regardless of what that focus is. You don't have to focus on it. And so my strength workouts are to keep my shoulders healthy, to keep my core strong, my lower back healthy, to keep my knees healthy, Okay. And I take pride in that. So if you uh, push me to do a percentage, 75%, prehab, 75%, you know, relatively boring. But, you know, most of the exercises are boring for most people. But I get such such satisfaction because I know how good it is for me. And because I know most people, you know, they struggle to do these exercises. And I have always done the opposite of what most people have done. If you want different results from those around you, do something different. And so when people were going too hard, my competition, when they were, you know, ego was involved and, you know, thinking more is better and harder all the time is good. And I knew that that wasn't the case. And I'm sitting there, you know, with much less weight or no weight doing basic exercises. That's what Worked for me. And it's why at 52, I can continue to do what I'm doing. So, strength workouts, primarily prehab. I'm doing them now so I don't have to do them in rehab later. And you should too. And the great final point with that is you can do all that at home if you want. You can go to the gym. Sometimes I go to the gym when you know, I've said my kids are playing sports there because then I. Instead of sitting around watching, I'm going to maximize my time and do that prehab workout. But you don't have to go to the gym and you don't need much equipment at all to do that as well. All right, two more. I've alluded to this one because, yes, it's all connected. My primary goal for these exercises is to feel good (laughs) in the short term. And that run that I came up with this, you know, said this is going to be the topic of the next show. One of the reasons is had a crazy altercation with someone, you know, sitting in the parking lot waiting to pick up one of my kids at school and suffice it to say, you know, an interaction that shouldn't have happened and I needed to blow off some steam. Someone inputted themselves where they shouldn't, you know, I don't need to get specific, but what I've learned over the years is exercise just to get, you know, get rid of that negative feeling that this person had created. And so in the moment I felt better when that run was over, the interaction was over gone. And so mentally for my sanity and physically in the longer term to be injury free, that's the primary goal. And then second goal would be to live longer, but that's often the future, but it's always still a goal. But this is why I talk about weight loss. Oh, it will always be part of exercise. But you're going to learn if you listen to my show how it truly plays in. But when you exercise to feel good. Because that happens right away. Instantaneous. You still get the other effects. But that's my primary goal at 52. 52. Crazy person (laughs) tried to make me crazy and it's not going to happen. As I've said, I live my life as if I'm wearing a heart rate monitor 24 hours a day and you're not getting my heart rate up. But then I'm going to go for a run and, you know, get rid of that stress that you tried to cause. But I know that is somewhat under the surface as well. It's there. So feel good right away. And let me just throw this in real quickly. I did the show on the craziness, if you remember, about the Peloton bike and how dare this husband buy this for his wife because she's already in shape. And I said how nuts that was, and I get it, but that is a glaring example of how screwed up people are with their approach to fitness and exercise. It's not just about weight loss. It's about stress reduction and what happens on the inside. It's not like when you hit your goal weight, you go, oh, I'm done. I'm not going to exercise anymore. Great joke by Jim Gaffigan. He goes to the gym and he sees people who are in shape and he goes, what are you doing? Go home. You're finished. It's funny. It's also a little sad. And there are many skinny men and women who are not healthy. So, primary goal at 52 with exercise is to feel good right then and to be injury-free for, you know, days to come and to be living longer and then the vanity side. All right, number nine. And this is the line I came up with. This I said, this is the show. You got to listen to your body. Because after age 50, it has become much chattier. <laughs> My body, after age 50... It just talks and talks. Not loudly, but it's definitely talking to me. It's chatting away. And so you just got to listen to your body. And listening to your body, of course it means you rest sometimes. But it also means that you mix it up. That you do something different. That you aren't rigid. Bring every point I just brought up. That you do different things. That you shorten a workout maybe if you have to. Or you do a different one. But I'm going to leave you with this. Final thought. It also means the exact opposite. You go, that makes no sense. I went out for a six mile run. I felt really good. I had the time. It was a beautiful day. I listened to my body my body was telling me, you're good. And as crazy as it sounds, and I always look at my watch and topic for another day, but endurance athletes, I argue, you know, start feeling good longer and longer into the workout. You know, it used to be 20 minutes in, at about minute 55 of my run, wow, those feel-good chemicals kicked in. And, you know, that was right around when the run that I had planned should have ended. And I said, I got time and I'm feeling good. So I listened to my body and I did more. But I didn't go out saying I'm going to run nine. I went out first just to get out and then said, well, I'll probably run five or six. And it was nine. And there are those days when it'll be less. But generally speaking, I don't go out now and do less because I listened to my body before. So in other words, if I'm going to do three because I did, you know, a longer workout the day before, then that's what it's going to be. But you can listen to your body to do less, to mix it up, and yes, to do longer. And this goes for any exercise, by the way. I always throw running in, but walks, bike rides. Whatever you're doing, rowing, so many different ways, swims. But as I started the show by saying, there's not one exercise, there's not one form of exercise that you can't do at 80 if you can do it. And as I said, one of the reasons I can do what I do is because I didn't beat myself up ridiculously or hurt myself by doing things I shouldn't have back in the day. And so be smart if you're younger. (laughs) Push yourself, but be smart. And I will never say that there's something you can't do because there's too many people that will prove that to be wrong. I'm going to still be doing Ironmans for many years. I'm going to still find things like running across the Grand Canyon back to do, but I'm going to let the numbers go. I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to do strength workouts that are primarily prehab. I'm going to pay attention to the little things. I'm going to do shorter workouts to get ready for those or be able to do those things when I want to. I'm going to focus on frequency. I'm going to do more movement and play. I'm going to care much less about the numbers. Thank you so much for listening. I am Tom Holland. If you want to reach out, I love to hear from you. Comments, questions, Tom H. Fit. Instagram, Tom H. Fit. Twitter as well. You can go to fitnessdisrupted.com. Email me through the site. Uh, I have a new virtual gym up with lots of content. Many, many years of videos and workouts and exercises and articles uh, just went up. And so much is going to be added to that. This is going to be up for a long time. Uh is where I'm putting all my content. Decades, TomHollandFitness.com. And Micro Workout Plan is the most recent book. Thank you for listening. I have the greatest job in the world, and I take it really, really seriously. I want you to have the best information so you can have the best life. I will use myself as one example. I will use my clients and years of training thousands of people. We're going to look at the science, and then we're going to figure out what works for you but you can have your best life because we control three of the most important things. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes, our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app,
1: Right Rug Flooring.